And welcome on in, everybody. Another edition here of the Auburn Undercover Podcast on the 24-7 Sports Network. My name is Nathan King, joined here by Christian Clemente, Jason Caldwell. will be joining us here shortly as well. Sort of a catch-all episode for you guys. There was a lot uh, to get into this week. Signing day for uh, for basketball and baseball and a few different sports. Um, obviously, Auburn basketball opened up its season. Football gets going to Arkansas. It's going to be uh, it's going to be a busy episode here on the Auburn Undercover Podcast. So, uh, Christian, welcome on in. It's going to be a uh, I think you know a fun one. We you know like to take questions from from people. We've already got some of those rolling. Before we get started, though, um, everyone who's listening to this, whether you're on the YouTube channel or you're listening on the podcast feed um, we are running a 50 percent off basketball special um, right now on the site which i can't get to come on the screen there it is yeah, and i, I just moved it yeah anyway guys um you know I, I always say here on the pod y'all take advantage of these specials when you can um this is 50 percent off an annual membership over at auburn undercover it's been a very busy week already um lots of good notes i think that have been posted over the course of the week, the Ja'Kai Howard um, commitment and signing for Auburn today, that was something that we had posted very early on that Philip Dukes had in a VIP story. Um, that change at quarterback, backup quarterback, I'm sure we'll talk about with Holden Gariner, um, appearing to supplant Robbie Ashford. Things like that we've had on the uh, on the message board and been talking about. So we would love for you guys to come join us over there, join the discussion, and uh, become a part of the Auburn Undercover family. So 50% off an annual membership. It runs through, if you're listening to this on Thursday morning, which you probably will be, runs to the end of the day on Thursday. So just go to the website and you will find the link over there. Christian, I think we will get started today um, with the two basketball signees. And one of them is a previously uncommitted signee, a guy who visited over the weekend Yep. Uh, in, uh, in Ja'Kai Howard. Just ho-hum, another top 100 overall player for Bruce Pearl. I mean, I know that like, He's not a five. It's not a five star, but I mean, these guys just seventeen of the top twenty players in program history in terms of recruits have now signed since Bruce Pearl has been the coach. Um, Jakai Howard becomes the number fourteen overall signee in program history. Um, overtime elite right there in Atlanta. Obviously, Auburn loves to recruit over there. Six six one eighty five. A guy who's going to be filling in. That three spot and uh, Christian, not a huge surprise that he wants to play again with Tahad Pettiford because they were absolutely electric on the AAU circuit. Yeah, I mean, people have been talking about it. I think it was Eric Bossy, who's one of our uh, 24-7 national basketball writers, talking about how this could be you know, the, the bounciest duo in terms of signees and the bounciest class. You know, this obviously Auburn only brought in two guys in the 2024 class from the high school ranks in Ja'Kai Howard and Tahad Pettiford. But it's been a very interesting um, journey, I guess you could say, for Ja'Kai Howard. This is a guy that Auburn recruited and offered really, really early on, um, originally from Boston. You know, He talked about that pretty extensively after his official visit because Bruce Pearl is obviously from that area as well. Um, and so those two connected really well with that and just uh, on a bunch of different levels. Um, but – moved down from Boston, started playing at Norcross, um, the high school there in the Atlanta area. Um, he ended up going to Donda Academy. I think it's Academy, Kanye West's um, high school that ended up folding rather quickly. Um, and then he ended up at Overtime Elite. And there were some other you know, personal things in his life that popped up along the way. He talked about that during his commitment ceremony on Wednesday. 
Um, and Eric pointed out on our message board as well. I'm really looking forward to watching it. Apparently, Overtime Elite has like a documentary series um, that's on Amazon Prime. And Jakai is a big focal point of it because there was a point where you know, he was really struggling um, on the team and on a personal level in terms of uh, apparently he was he, he, he was even removed from the team briefly for a moment because he was really dealing with some issues and he's really turned a corner since then. So it's been a it's, it's been a long journey for him. You know, he was ranked really, really, really highly at one point, And now he's still a top 100 player with a ton of potential, really, really good length, good defender. Really bouncy. We already talked about that a lot, um, and you know he's improved offensively as a shooter and as a slasher. Um, so he's a fun player. Um, talking to him over the weekend, he said that he could kind of see himself in a somewhat similar role to Isaac Okoro. I think that's a pretty good comparison for him. Really good defender, not necessarily a plus shooter yet, uh, but he could get to that rate. A little bit of a different build. He's a little bit more lanky um, than Isaac Okoro was from what I've been able to tell, but fun pickup quality pickup there kind of at the end for Auburn. Um, and, you know, we talked to Bruce Pearl on, I think it was Monday. Yeah. Monday before they traveled to South Dakota to play Baylor. And he said, from now on, you know, from the high school ranks, you're really only going to see quality and not quantity, at least when it comes to the early signing period. That's exactly what you see this Wednesday when Auburn signs to Hod Pettiford and, you know, Auburn hasn't officially released um, Jakai Howard, you know, as a press release him signing, but, the expectation is that has happened or that that will happen here during this early signing period. So that should be done. And there's your two high school guys. And then, you know, go hit the portal after the season. You might need a replacement for Janai Broom um, and then, you know, see what else you need. But it's a it's a fun pickup here, Nathan, kind of at the end. Yeah, that's something. And and look, they've got a couple of days here to to do it. Um, no surprise that Pettiford, who's been committed forever, they knocked that one out. Really quickly, but yeah, that that's been this has been Bruce Pearl's message for the better part of this entire offseason, Christian. It's exactly what you just said. He thinks that the best method for his roster building moving forward is to get a couple really good high school guys. Um, you can do a lot where if this if your formula is a five star and a top one hundred kid every single year, and then a couple good transfers. I mean, that's a tournament team. That's a team every year. Is it a team that that wins the SEC? Every single year, probably not, because that's really tough to do. And the SC is the best it's ever been, probably this season. Um, but you are going to see Auburn probably use the same formula that it's used the past couple of years moving forward. Because you know we 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 start off talking about Howard because he's the new guy, um, but Tahad Pettiford is the number four overall um, signee in program history, uh, five star number two point guard in the uh, in the country. It's just that he's been committed for a long time and so it's 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 funny how it's almost sort of an afterthought that now you have five straight recruiting classes at auburn going all the way back to isaac okoro five straight recruiting classes in which auburn has signed a composite five-star recruit um you know and so it's it's one of those things again there's several examples of them over the years um we're just going to keep adding on to them as bruce pearl's now in his 10th season of these statistics these things that have just come to be expectations um for them at auburn but another quality recruiting class here and yeah so you're exactly right christian it's going to be it's going to be guys like you know and they've hit it out of the park with a lot of transfers um i think it's they've had their past three you've had walker kessler's obviously been an all sec guy wendell green second team all sec guy janai broom all sec guy guy who could be a contender for sec player of the year so if you keep hitting on that rate in terms of getting one or two really good transfers every year 
This team's going to be in a fine position. Uh, Jason Caldwell has arrived um, a little bit into the show here. Jason, um, you had the analysis piece. We're still at the beginning here talking about Auburn basketball signing day. You had the analysis piece on uh, on Ja'Kai Howard. What did you see out of him, a guy that will that'll be a, a player here for them on the wing next season? Yeah, um, athletic. Um, thought it was really interesting. If people haven't had a chance to look at it, in the responses to to that, Eric Bossy, our national recruiting analyst, gave some insight a little bit into Ja'Kai Howard. And, and this is a guy that's top five, top ten talent in terms of this class. So you're getting a guy that is extremely talented, uh, but had some, I, I think be safe to say, some maturity issues, uh, some things that were people that just said, hey, I don't know if I'm willing to do that. And he said he has put in a ton of work off the court, on the court, that has changed that trajectory for him. The talent's never been a question. Now you've got a guy that is understanding what it takes to succeed, how to do things the right way, all that stuff. And I think coming into a program where we've seen Bruce Pearl, like those are the things that he demands from his team. And I think it's a really good combination. Um, there's no questioning what you see. Look at it, especially now the the things that are coming out from overtime lead right now. When you look at him, high flyer, this guy can play well above the rim, but he can put the ball on the floor. He can shoot to three. He, he has a pull-up jump shot. There's some things in there that, that kind of, I mean, kind of reminds you a little bit of a, like a Scotty Pippen kind of guy almost, where you look at a guy that has that long body that could probably play the two guard, maybe in a pinch, probably better as a three, but heck, if you, you know, in a pinch, you can probably play the four as well. He does a lot of different things. And so, um, you know, there's an Isaac Okoro comparison. I think there's a Chimo Kiki um, comparison a little bit as well. So, um, I think a really good to pick up. And when I mean, you look at the two guys in this class, I came on right there and you're talking about it to go along with what they have been able to do in the transfer portal. When you talk about Aiden, you know, Aiden Holloway now in this freshman class, Todd Pettiford coming in. Now you add, you know, a, a big wing. Um, I mean, and then you find the piece that you need, you know, you'll figure that out at the end of this year. Okay. What do you need to, to put together with the guys we have on, on campus now and the guys that are coming in and, and go from there. But, yeah, um, it's crazy to think about, you know, the stats you talked about. I was like, heck, the, almost all of the top players in, in, in terms of recruiting in Auburn history have come under Bruce Pearl. And um, you get guys in the NBA. We talked about it, it kind of ties into football. When you start getting guys to the NFL, you know what you get? You get better players coming in because that's where they want to go. Well, it's worked that way in basketball. You start getting guys to the NBA and other guys go, you're getting guys to the NBA. I can go to the NBA at Auburn, and I really like the program. I like the – okay, let's go. And so you're starting to see more and more of that. I think they've also pretty perfectly picked out their recruiting areas. You know, Ira Bowman hits the Northeast a little bit. Now you've got Corey Williams with Texas, and then obviously the Atlanta area, the state of Georgia. That's right. where they've really made their money in recruiting. Um, and, Jason, I was looking at it. I sent it to Nathan earlier. The night before Auburn basketball plays Indiana, um, so December 8th, uh, Ja'Kai Howard's team in overtime elite will be playing that Friday night. So that might be a good opportunity for us to get up there, see him play. He's actually teammates on his team with Bryson Tiller that 2025. I think he's a five-star um, that Auburn's been recruiting as well. So fun opportunity. I'm really excited to go and see him play in person. He definitely looks like a player that would be a lot of fun to watch play. Um, I think if we're good with that, let's rotate to a couple questions from the chat here. One's here from Kyle. Um, anything on Fat Burnett? That was obviously Auburn's former 2024 running back commit. You know, Jason, we saw Auburn kind of part ways with him last week. 
Um, there were some things that Burnett needed to take care of that didn't end up happening. And I, for Auburn, it was, and you know, Jarquez Hunter has a chance to be back. Demari Alston will probably be back. Jeremiah Cobb is a freshman. Brian Batia has eligibility left. If you're going to take a running back in this class, it went from, you know, we want two running backs to now, if you're going to take one, it's, it's it, an elite it, guy that you really, right. really want. Yep, I think so too. And, and, and you know, here's the thing: I think you know, Fats a guy that's a good running back, and he's a big physical running back. I, I don't know that he had done what they hoped he had did, would have done coming back as a senior. I think that's some of it. There's other things that probably play into it as well. And he'll have a chance to go and, and play somewhere and, and end up at a good school. I just, you're right. I think the the, the tough part in year one is you're taking guys almost sight unseen because you have to you can see some junior film and you get a chance to visit with them and you see a little bit of them but you haven't been watching guys for two or three years and so you go okay now okay we we had a great start to this okay now let's revisit and see what those guys look like and we've seen a couple of changes in this class i think that's just part of what you have to do now in in, in high school football recruiting basketball whatever but especially in year one because you're just kind of jumping in there going, okay, it's a fast and furious. Let's get guys on campus, see who we can get and take them. And then you go, okay, deep breath. Now what do we get? And what do those guys look like as a senior? And I think there's going to be, I mean, heck, that could be more, a little bit more of that, but I think they're starting to kind of get a feel for this class. And um, as you kind of delve back into it now, as you get close to, I guess, a month or so away from signing day. Here's another good recruiting one. We'll hit real quick from LaMarcus. Um, Chance Auburn gets Cam Coleman and Ryan Williams. The and, I would say, very, very low. Chance Auburn gets one of those guys. I don't want to say high, but I'd say pretty good. I, I would they, say good, they maybe. Fighting shot. Yeah. I think they have a fighting shot. Um, yeah, I mean, Chris, we've seen both those guys. The, the interesting thing is, is that the one that people probably gave Auburn – the least chance with early on is the guy that we probably feel like they have the most chance with is Ron Williams. Um, much more receptive feeling, at least for us, than Cam Coleman has been the last couple of months. Um, and, you know, especially you start getting a reclassification and you talk about teaming up with Perry Thompson and some of these guys, Bryce Kane, all of a sudden, then it becomes a little bit more intriguing, but, Christian, Ryan's been great. He, I know you talked to him a bunch. We talked to his yeah. dad. There is an open line of communication with Auburn, and that's all you're looking for right now. Yeah, the interesting thing there is, you know, people at Auburn feel like it's it's almost like recruiting Perry Thompson again. That's kind of what they've compared the recruitment to, just in terms of how Ryan has been receptive to them, um, and just kind of how the communication has gone. So, to answer Lamarcus's question, I really doubt Auburn gets both of those guys. I don't think there's enough NIL money to pull that off either. Um, that would that would probably cost you a lot, but I, I would say there's a good chance Auburn gets one of them, um, and I would probably pick Ryan Williams right now uh, between those two. Um, let's hit some basketball. Let's go back to basketball a little bit. I'll let you all kind of talk about the game um, last night between Auburn and Baylor and just kind of quick impressions. Nathan, I think you got to start with – we already talked about him a little bit, but Aiden Holloway, I mean, just about as advertised, and that was dealing with – little bit of an ankle injury still that's still kind of lingering yeah i mean the the news of you know tahad pettiford signing today it it makes you realize how how elite auburn's point guard talent has been 
for the better part of the last four seasons or so. People can say what they want about Wendell Green. Still a really good player in a lot of areas for Auburn. You don't become second team all SEC by accident, but he was obviously a transfer guy. You know, Sharif Cooper, Aiden Holloway, and and Tahad Pettiford over the course of four seasons. Um, it's pretty crazy, and we, and we saw it right off the bat um, for Holloway. And honestly, with with Pettiford committing or signing today, it makes you interested to kind of look forward to next year. I don't know if Holloway is a one and done guy. I don't. I, I think maybe he's more of a developmental guy, mainly because of his size, not because of his not because of his skill or his talent. And so they might have a pretty nasty one two punch at point guard. Either way, yeah, you talked about Holloway. You know, he kind of came alive in the second half there. Um, Trey Donaldson did start the game for Auburn, which was not a surprise. I would expect that to be the case probably for the next little bit, honestly. Um, it's This was not a serious ankle injury, as shown by the fact that Holloway is still out there doing what he does. But, you know, let all, let all of Auburn scores with 19 points in the game, hit four of his first six three-pointers. That off-balance three-ball he had that was a four-point play, Seen him do that in practice a bunch of times. If anyone listening or watching was at the open practice before they played Ole Miss in football, he made that exact same play in that practice. And so um, just a really gravitational player for them. But uh, Jason, it you know, not to not to kind of gloss over a bunch of trends in this game, uh, but we talked about it before it tipped off when we were at practice on Tuesday. We said, hey, if Auburn shoots the ball well and if they rebound, they are going to have a chance to win. They did both those things. And you know what? They had a chance to win. I think it's just a matter of, look, Scotter's one of the best coaches in the country. Baylor has that championship, ped- like national championship pedigree right now to it. Um, and Auburn is a team that, look, last year they struggled to find ways to win late in games. And and, and that was obviously the issue again on, uh, on Tuesday night. Yeah, honestly, I probably feel better about this Auburn basketball team. I after, do too. After last night than I did going into the game. Um, yep. Now, finishing is going to be the thing. It, it, it didn't remind me quite, quite as much of, of Houston, but you saw a team that's like, okay, where do we go now? And I thought there were some times of that. And I think in the end, it's going to be maybe Denver Jones. Some, they've got options to, to not have to go to one person. I think that's going to be the key. But there were things that I absolutely thought, okay, that's, that's probably better than I thought it was going to be, obviously. I mean, we, we know that there's pieces to this group, but the rebounding was absolutely something that I thought and they got a chance. Even though Baylor has a bunch of new pieces, we know what Baylor is. They're a get-after-it rebounding group, and Auburn held its own with, with Baylor. I thought that was good. The one thing you look at for this team, and I think the thing that they're going to have to figure out ways for this team to play defense because I don't think it's going to be every night. We're just going to attack you man-to-man, do all that. I just don't know if this group's going to be able to do that. You got some length, and I wouldn't. I mean, I know Bruce Pearl is not his own guy. I wouldn't be su- surprised to see them throw a little bit more of that in there to kind of protect some guys at times. But I feel better about this team, honestly, even though they didn't do those things down the stretch. I saw a team that, I mean, you look at Baylor and you go, okay, where do they fit? I think it's a, probably a top 15 team, to be quite honest. Um, and you start going, okay. In this league, Tennessee comparable, Alabama comparable, Arkansas comparable, Kentucky. You know, there's teams that you go comparable to that, and you you went toe to toe in a neutral site, probably a more of a home court advantage for Auburn, but it still wasn't at home, and you had a chance to win a game. You do that throughout the SEC season. At the end of the year, you look up and you go, okay, 
you got a team that's going to have a chance to go compete and, and make a run in the NCAA tournament, and, and that's going to be the goal. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Yeah, honestly, the game went kind of how I expected it, to be honest. I I thought it would be pretty close. Um, I thought Baylor would maybe be pulling away a little bit more towards the end. I didn't think it would be Auburn kind of slipping. But once they got into that opportunity, um, I guess you could call it Jason, I kind of figured – I wasn't sure how this team would be able to close, not necessarily because of the same things we saw last year. Just it's not a young team, but it's a young team together in the sense that you had Aiden Holloway out there. You had Denver Jones out there. Um, Trey, Trey Donaldson, I mean, like played some last year, but you're right. It's all pieces that haven't played together. Yes. Uh, the only negative takeaway, I guess, and you know, part of it was foul trouble a little bit, but like to see a little bit more production out of the four position. Jalen Williams and Chaney Johnson didn't light the world on fire necessarily. And it's one game, but that was just one position I thought would be a little bit better. Um, you saw some good spurts and some bad spurts out of Chad Baker, Mazzara, but that's a really fun player. Um, I think that was pretty evident pretty quickly. Um, and that you know, Nathan, the lineup that they ran, I agree with you. I think eventually Aiden Holloway will flip into the starting lineup, but that bench, you had an offensive onslaught coming off the bench there. Um, we'll hit this question in the chat from Wade real quick. Uh, where do y'all think Auburn will finish this year in the SEC for basketball? So I'll tee that one up to you guys. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, where, where they were picked, not bad. I, I think that's I about where I mean, we, just, we just ran through some teams. I think they're right there, probably between four and seven, somewhere around in there. Um, the schedule's tough. But, you know, we talked about it. We've talked about it a couple of times. I think it may be a team that record-wise it might not be as good. But by the end of the year, I think it'll be a better team than they had last year. I think you – I mean, you look at what succeeds in the tournament, and I think they have a better opportunity to do that because of their shooting. Yes. So, um, 10 and 8, 11 and 7 in the league. I mean, y'all, where the SEC is right now, that is, that is such a big success. Um, but we'll see. I'm with you, Jason. I, I was – I'm a little bit higher on Auburn now. Now, again, we told people don't overreact one game. And and obviously, look, and this was an interesting game too because neither team had film 
on one another. That told me this is going to be in the 80s. I mean, that was that was pretty evident. If these teams don't have don't have film on what each other is trying to do on offense, then they're probably going to get out there and try to run. I was impressed with what Auburn did in the first half defensively. Like you said, Jason, finding that balance, I think, is going to be key. I liked how aggressive they were. I mean, they got called for some kind of ticky-tacky fouls beginning of the game and end of the game. I wouldn't say the whistles were overly consistent, but after they settled in there at the beginning, that was part of their run in the first half was, you mentioned Chad Baker-Mazzara, Katie Johnson, Trey Donaldson, even Janai Broomdello, Dylan Cardwell was getting up and, and blocking shots. They were they were playing with some defensive intensity, I think kind of threw Baylor off uh, off its rhythm a little bit. And so, But you're right, Jason, you can't, and effort and energy, that's what Bruce Pearl talks about, and that's obviously what every team under Pearl is going to need. Um, but, yeah, finding that defense. But you know what? That's what he expected. That's what he said in the offseason and the preseason is that, look, we're not going to be as good defensively, so finding a way to to offset some of that is going to be uh, it's going to be one of the big challenges early in the season. Here's Gracie completely disagreeing with y'all, saying that thinks Auburn finishes one. Um, I don't think That's Auburn right finishes – Yeah. I don't know if Auburn finishes one in the regular season, but this team is a – Nathan, you just talked about it. It's, it's a team built for a tournament type run in the sense that they've got really quality shooting. So if you get hot during the SEC tournament or something like that, you yeah. can't rule it out. This is this is a team that reminds you more of of 2019 a little bit in that on a given night, this team can go out and beat anybody. I think we saw that last night in spurts. We saw the capabilities of this team. I don't know that you're going to do that enough to do that every night out and to do it every night out, you got to add the defensive part. And, and I mean, people need to, to remember that too. Like the, the best team we've seen did not win the league. That team that went to the final four. I mean, they were, they were a team that did that. And then they, they got that rhythm going. How quickly can this team get that rhythm going and how long can you keep it? That determines how, how much you can make a run in this league because it's going to be tough. And look, there was – you can say what you want about the fouls at the end. Um, I think the stat was like thir- – was it 13 free throw attempts for Baylor in the final three minutes to zero for Auburn. Um, Auburn shot well from the from the free throw line, which was which was a big improvement until the end of the game. Like, Janai Broom had a, had two straight trips to the line, and he cashed, he cashed in all of them. I mean, obviously, that's – the last time we saw him, that was one of the reasons they lost to Houston. That was obviously massive. Um, then he has an 0 for 4 stretch at the line. I believe he also missed his last four shots in the game. Um, but you saw a little bit of improvement there. I mean, his three-point shot obviously looked really good. You saw some of his off-the-dribble stuff. He is a guy that I just – you held your breath there for a minute. I mean, you you could not have done – you can't do this without him. Um, and, and he does have to be better. He does have to be improved. There are some parts of his game that I thought were lacking a little bit yesterday. But that that shoulder injury – when it was like, okay, Aiden Hallway and Broom will both play against Baylor. That's, you know, obviously they're going to have an opportunity um, because they just don't. Dylan Cardwell is not that guy on offense. He's not, he's not skilled offensively. Um, and it does, Christian, you know, not to look ahead too much, but we were talking about recruiting. We had a question here. What do we do at the five? I think saying like next season, that was the question. Um, that is interesting because as of right now, you haven't recruited um, a big guy. Mitchell Holmes was that, was that reclassified 2024 that they were in for and then end up kind of backing off. Um, you're right, Christian. You might just go straight to the portal for a Janai Broom um, replacement. That was just—I well, I saw that question. That's going to be interesting. You've got a great track record now because you brought in Walker Kessler, got him to the NBA. Janai yep. Broom will find his way to the NBA or the G League, a two-way contract, whatever. 
So you've got a great track record to bring in another transfer center. It's almost to me like, obviously I do a lot of baseball. It's almost like college baseball right now, where if you're looking at a guy to bat in a three or four hole, you're going to get a guy that has experience and the physical body that's ready to do it right now. If you're going to get a high school player, that kid is not going to be ready at the five to do those things. I think that's the spot where you, you – that may be one of those guys, but you're only going to have that guy for one year probably, and he's not going to develop into the guy. I think it, the portal at the five position now has become probably the spot because that's, the, that's where you need that physicality, experience, learning how to play without fouling. That's what you get in a mature player, and that's probably the spot that you go to again, I believe. Let's hit a little bit of football to wrap things up. Um, I'm going to hit this recruiting one real quick, and then I'll let you all talk about the Arkansas game. Jason, Ryan Gee, um, the tight end out of Milton, he was on campus for however many times. It's been a lot. He's been here for two games already this fall. He was here yesterday for a visit. Um, he said his school had an off day, so he figured drive down with his family, spend time with the coaches, watch Auburn practice. He was here in the summer. He was here in the spring. He's been here a bunch, um, and it feels like he's getting pretty close to making a decision, the 2025 top 247 tight end. Massive, massive size, 6'5", every bit of 6'5", 6'6", I think around 230 pounds. Um, you know, we saw him out there at practice, Jason. He looked just like one of those other tight ends. Luke Deal went to go say hello to him, and yeah. he, he looked like a current tight end on the team. Um, and you know, he ends up visiting. Really, it seems like it's down to Auburn and Miami. Um, some other schools like Penn State, Ohio State, also in the mix. Um, but it seems like seems like Auburn has positioned itself pretty well here. Um, you know, he said he was planning to make a decision probably around February, Jason. But it seems like we could get some news on that. You know, even before then, and this would be another addition to Auburn's, I think, number six in the country in 2025. They're really chopping away at that 25 class and trying to get a head start. Yeah, he does. He looks the part, and I could see him a guy. Yeah, you're right. Going a little bit earlier, going, hey, let's let's keep that momentum going and kickstart 2025. Sometimes those things happen after that early signing period where you start to kind of filter things out a little bit. So, yeah, I wouldn't be shocked at all. But, uh, yeah, I think Auburn's a good spot. And then I'm going to let you all – Nathan, I'll let you kind of talk about the game, whatever you want to talk about. That <laughs> I don't even know where to begin. There's – and we were talking about it before the show. This feels like a very close game with two teams that are – Arkansas is desperate. I mean, Arkansas needs to win out to get to a bowl game. I think Auburn is also pretty desperate because I think they really, really want to win this game and get to bowl, bowl eligibility right now. This, there are, if the Cal game was the one that made you feel confident about six wins, which we said all the way back in the spring, if Mississippi State punched your ticket to a bowl, which I think that was the one that did it, um, then this Arkansas game. Jason, we talked about this week. This is your this is your swing game to get seven wins, I think. Now, can you beat Alabama in the Iron Bowl? Absolutely, you can. Because I watched a one-legged TJ Finley almost beat the Heisman winner in the Iron Bowl a couple years ago. Absolutely anything could happen. Auburn's defense executes really well. They're going to be in that game. But this is your opportunity now to go two straight games on the road. But that's, that's where I have the hang-up a little bit right now, Jason, is even against Vanderbilt, even in Nashville, and we were talking about before we got rolling, me and Christian, that wasn't road game. That was more so like a, a pseudo Auburn home game. But even still, we have not seen them offensively. Look, they haven't executed much this season. They have recently, but especially on the road, they've just had, it seems like a little bit more mistakes. 
We saw that against Vanderbilt. We saw the penalties, the drops. I wouldn't be too worried that it, from talking to everybody, it seems like that sort of a kind of came out of nowhere. They really hadn't had that issue much this season. I just have a little bit of hesitation about um, about whether they can go on the road and outscore. I think the key is Jason. How good is this Arkansas offense now? This was a team that was dead in the water on offense. They fired their offensive coordinator. They come back out, they score 36 points, and they win in the swamp for the first time ever. So if it's the K.J. Jefferson we're used to, if it is the rushing attack, which Kenny Guyton, who's calling plays for Arkansas, he worked under Kendall Bryles, so it makes a little bit of sense they're kind of going back to that. And that's what Free said this week. He said, look, this looks a lot more like the offense we saw last year and that we saw the year before that um, that just wants to you know pound you on the ground. And so if that is the case, I, I have trouble seeing Auburn Keep up there, but look, this defense could go in there and they could play really well because Ron Roberts' unit has played really well against pretty much everybody this season. Yeah, you know, Florida's – here's the thing. They, they went to the Swamp and won, but this is not going to the Swamp and winning in, in 2005. Um, I mean, Florida was without a few starters on defense. Um, Arkansas is much better than the record indicates, however. They played some teams close, but some of those were – Hey, Arkansas scored a little late and made it look closer than it probably was. Um, but it's going to be a difficult game. Um, Auburn has normally played pretty well in Fayetteville. They've normally played, you know, done a good job there. This game would have been much easier, in my opinion, had Arkansas not won Saturday and the season had kind of been over with. Now they're still fighting for a sixth win. You, you know, I've talked about it a bunch. I had a three, three, and six. Well, this is – this is the last one of those six swing games, in my opinion. New Mexico State is one of the three. I said, look, there's one you, you're going to win. You better win that one. There are six swing games. You go, how many of those do you win? That ultimately determines this season. It looks like you've won enough to get you in a bowl game. Can you finish it off to get to seven and then have a chance to, to beat Alabama? That's that's what this one is. And it, it, this very winnable football game for this Auburn team. My keys comes down to, to, to two pretty simple things, easier said than done. I mean, every football game, you go turnovers, um, mistakes. That's Auburn. That's what they've done on the road. They hadn't turned it over, but they've made a bunch of mistakes on the road. Can you clean it up? And can Auburn force Arkansas to throw the football? Can you, if you let KJ Jefferson run it and you let that, those big running backs, and there's a bunch of them, um, you let those guys run the football then it's over with because they will run it 70 times and they'll do it pretty quickly. And Auburn has some depth, but you don't have enough to withstand that. So get off the field. And then for Auburn, first downs. First downs a key. Travis Williams, we know Travis Williams. He's going to be aggressive. They're going to come after Auburn and they're going to play man. There's going to be some first down opportunities in the passing game. Can Auburn connect? If they do that and you make K.J. Jefferson beat you throwing it, then, then I like Auburn's chances. But if Auburn, if Arkansas runs the ball to me, then everything changes for this game. So that's where it starts for me. Auburn's front seven. Yeah, in our in in our Q and A that I sent off to to our Arkansas site, um, you know, he said, "Hey, you know, if slowing down the passing game, which looks to have a little bit more confidence, how would you do that?" And I said, "It starts with slowing down the running game. Put Auburn in more third and longs, and that is probably your most advantageous thing." Um, you're feeling a lot better about those early downs if you're Auburn recently because Jarquez Hunter has 435 yards and four touchdowns um, over the last three games. Yeah, red zone is also a really big key in this game, Jason, for as pretty for as bad as Arkansas has been on offense most of the season. Uh, their red zone success rate is actually second in the league in terms of overall scoring. 
percentage touchdown rate is like fifth or sixth in the league. Arc and Auburn is number one, number one in the SEC in red zone defense. Red zone. Uh, Keontae Scott could not thank you so much for the quote, Keontae. Um, I asked him that this week. He goes, we call it the dead zone. I was like, thanks, man. Appreciate that. I'll put that in the story. But yeah, they, I mean, look, and there's no, there's no rhyme or reason to it really asking multiple defensive players. What is it about when you guys get down there that you've executed so well? And all of them are just like, they just can't score. We know they can't score. We know we can't let them score. And so um, this is a defense that's extremely healthy. And I think that could be, if Auburn goes in there and wins, I think it's because this defense is going to keep doing what it's done. And you wrote about Austin keys this week, Jason, um, Keontae Scott continues to be a to be a really important piece. That's really the only injury on this roster right now is is Avery Jones, and we even saw him back at practice. And so um, that's just kind of that's kind of an aside. That's a bit of a tangent for me. But look, you're usually not as healthy, I think, as Auburn is right now <clears throat> yeah. at this point. Arkansas is not that healthy. Yeah, the, 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 yeah. Keontae Scott, Austin Keys back changes the entire tenor of Auburn's defense. When you think about what you're able to do, Donovan Kaufman, you're able to use him in different ways now because Keontae Scott's back. And now you have that four-man rotation at linebacker where you're able to play guys 35 or 40 snaps and play, instead of playing somebody 65 or 70. And Austin Keys has been a guy that has brought the, the thump to an Auburn defense that Eugene Asante's got speed and he's lightning quick and fast. And Cam Riley's a guy that's, that's playing his best football his career, in my opinion. And you look at Larry Nixon doing his things. Austin Keys, that 240-pound guy in the middle, could be really important this week for Auburn. And then uh, you mentioned Arkansas. You know, Auburn, Auburn's running attack, Arkansas's run defense, and you look at the numbers, you go, you know, they're 46th in the country. They've done a pretty good job. And But but you look, and, and LSU had 189, Texas A&M had 204, Ole Miss had 196, Alabama had 177, and then Mississippi State and Florida had 120 and 112. And so teams have had success. They shut down those first three opponents pretty good, but – there's going to be some opportunities for Auburn. Uh, you know, can they capitalize on those? That's been the story all season for this team. They've done a better job of that the last two weeks. We'll see if they can carry it on in a true road game Saturday. Yeah, and the turnover, the turnover situation for Auburn continues to be continues to be a good one. Now they've got everybody in the secondary as an interception on the season um, who's played a good bit, except for Keontae Scott, and so. Um, that was Jalen Simpson's video after the game is pointing to Keontae in the locker room saying he's the next guy who's going to go get one. Yeah, I think it's going to be if it's lower scoring, I think that's better for Auburn. Um, that means you can rely on your run game and rely on your defense. If we get into the high 20s, which these offenses are very good or have or at least haven't been for most of the season. I don't really see that being the case. So I think that actually does play into Auburn's favor if this is a lower scoring game. I'm not saying I want it to be seven to three like the like Mississippi State. That would be pretty dreadful if we if we get treated to that one, um, but should be a good one. Should be a good one. They haven't lost in Fayetteville since 2015. Um, but the last time, the last three trips there, Jason, they've been a ranked team. This is their first time there as, as an unranked team since 15. Yep. So yep. like you and said, they the, play well there. They've had some good teams go there too. They have, but they're going to play well. We'll, uh, we'll see if that continues Saturday. And look, it'd be two, it'd be two wins in a row for Hugh Freeze because Liberty went in there. And uh, and one last year, and uh, obviously different teams, different year. I believe that was with this fourth string quarterback going in there and winning that game. So, uh, Christian, unless you'd like like to hit on anything else in the comments, I think we've uh, I think we've touched on most of anything, um, most of everything so far. So we appreciate everybody joining us here today on the show. Uh, appreciate everybody for leaving us a comment on the YouTube channel. Like we mentioned at the outset, fifty percent off the special runs through Thursday night. We would love to have you guys over 
on the message board, on the website, tons of great VIP stuff. Um, we've really been enjoying the season, and now we're double dipping with uh, with basketball. And so, and Christian's about to about to put the nose to the grindstone. Him and Jason with National Signing Day coming up for football here in December. That's uh, that's always a really hectic time, and you guys definitely won't want to miss that. You'll want to have your uh, your eyes locked in for uh, for everything you need to know about that. So. If you guys enjoyed the show, five-star review, number one thing that helps us out. The bumper music is by Beats by Mordecai. You guys can follow him on Twitter, SoundCloud, and Instagram. Until the next episode, which will be Friday morning, the pregame pod, Trey Biddy from our Arkansas 24-7 site will be on to talk about the Hogs. We'll catch you guys later. Everybody have a great rest of your week. Talk to you all soon.